everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers, from Haaland to Zlatan to Messi to Rapinoe and many more. Each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends wherever you get your podcast. Blue Wire. Osweiler in trouble. Osweiler brought down Khalil Mack. Oh, here comes Bullshit. Griffin without a helmet. J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne. And there is a lot of news this week in the offensive and defensive line world that I thought we would open the show with, and I would just give some thoughts on. And I wanted to start with Jason Peters signing with the Eagles to play right guard, which I think caught a lot of people off guard. Uh, You know, definitely not something that you would initially expect from a guy who has 190 starts at left tackle to all of a sudden not just switch positions, but also to switch sides, which is a little bit more difficult than just switching positions. Um, so, you know, if he were to go to left guard, for instance, and then they they would move Malu over, that would have almost made more sense. But when you break it down even further, uh, him, you know, Peters and Lane Johnson are very close. And I think the opportunity for those guys to play alongside of each other was a big sell um, for Peters and also for, for Lane himself. Um, I'm sure there was a, a consensus endorsement there uh, for that move happening. And I think that they're really excited to, to see if they can make that work. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of chemistry there off the field and, you know, anytime you're in a or on an offensive line alongside of another guy, if you have a really good relationship on and off the field, um, if there's a lot of mutual respect there, then you know any sort of close relation work relationship is typically going to go better. Um, and the offensive line is such a you know it's a team within the team, and if you can understand and sort of, uh, you know, play off of the guy next to you at a higher level, then that's going to allow you to execute your assignments better, such as handling stunts and blitzes and complex defensive schemes um, and being able to communicate non-verbally as well as verbally. And, you know, as Olin Krutz told me in that that 10 or so second high stakes window, as he called it, in the pre-snap phase of the game, is really, he said that's what separates great offensive linemen from good offensive linemen, um, or one of the things. And he said that was his favorite part of the game as well, especially as a center, you know, obviously making most of the, you know, line calls and, you know, IDing the middle linebacker and setting the protection and working with the quarterback and that sort of thing. But it also applies to other positions as well. And Peters and Lane Johnson are two of the best in the business at that. 
So I think that there's going to, that we're going to see some success with this move. Um, now, another part of it is Peter's health and if he can stay healthy because the last few years um, he's missed quite a few snaps. And not only that, he's played even more snaps with pretty serious injuries. I mean, he had a torn bicep um, in the last couple of years. I don't remember if that was last year or the year before. Uh, and he played, you know, several games, I think, you know, almost most of the season with it. Uh, so that sort of stuff, I think there's a higher risk even now for him, not just with his age, he'll be 38 years old, uh, but also switching positions. There's going to be a tendency with his body, with anybody, to overcompensate or to create imbalances so that they can, so that the body can kind of circumvent that new you know, application of movement, I guess you could call it. Uh, there's a lot of new um, things that are going to be firing in his body in ways that they never have before, or at least in a long time, because he did play right tackle, uh, I think his first or second year in the league in Buffalo. Uh, so he has, you know, some experience to draw on, you know, with playing in that right-handed stance. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, 190 starts ago. So, there's a lot of layers to it, and I think it's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch, but it does help their offensive line, uh, just sort of the overall, I guess, outlook for them, because I'm doing the my, my offensive line rankings right now, and uh, Philly was going to be pretty low uh, relative to how high they've been the last couple years, you know, as a you know, bona fide top five offensive line in the league. I had them you know, somewhere... In the top 15 now I think they're going to be you know a fringe top 10 unit going into the year and now instead of right guard being a weak spot uh, left tackle is kind of the, the spot now where there's the most question marks with on your Dillard in his second season um, you know and I, I'm encouraged still with him uh, I just think you know I know this is kind of funny to say with Philly fans but they, they need to be a little patient with him. Um, you know, I think that's in the best interest of the team uh, to be patient with Andre Dillard uh, just because he has such a drastic, um, you know, change that he went through as a rookie, both in terms of the level of competition that he faced at Washington State and then going to Philly uh, and playing in the NFL. So a big leap forward in competition. And then also he had to switch positions in the middle of the year and play right tackle, which did not go well. Um, so I think this year, you know, even though he's not going to get a full off season, unfortunately, still to play one position is is going to help him in his development. And I, I, do, I do not think that he's going to be a very good or elite left tackle this year. I think that there's a chance he can get to an above average level as the season progresses. But I think you should expect a solid player who's going to get beat by elite competition, um, particularly rushers who can convert speed to power at a high level and counter inside. These are things that most rookies have to, you know, adjust to and take their lumps, you know, accordingly. Um, and Dillard maybe is a little bit, his, his, his game is a little bit, um, more vulnerable to those things. Um, but I think he has the tools to develop and he has areas that he can win immediately in. And that is using really good play speed, um, very good athleticism. Um, and I think his hands are really good as well. Um, so, you know, he, he has 
a, a toolbox there to, to draw from to, you know, defeat rushers and to get it done in the running game. Um, but like I said, it's just, it's going to take time. And that's kind of what I thought about him coming out. That was my evaluation of him. I had him more of like in a late first, early second round pick for these very reasons. Um, so, you know, he, he was in a good situation uh, initially getting drafted there because the idea was he wasn't going to have to play right away, but then he got thrust in the lineup and everything changed. So, you know, hopefully he can just settle in and, and have plenty of time. At least I'd love to see him get, you know, 32 starts over the next two seasons. And then, you know, let's talk about where he's at, you know, or at least let's let's wait 18 starts, you know, give him a year and a half or so. Uh, roughly, you know, just just so we can really see what's there. Um, but, you know, enough about offensive line rankings. Uh, I'm going to have a big article coming out on EstablishTheRun.com most likely this week, uh, ranking the top 32 offensive lines with in-depth explanations and all broken down into tiers. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that and check out the website. Um, but, yeah, without further ado, this interview that I have for you guys this week might be my favorite interview that I've ever done. And it's because of my guest. It's Ravens right tackle Orlando Brown Jr. Now, I had never spoken with him over the phone before. We've interacted uh, quite a bit through social media. Um, so, you know, it was just a pleasure to talk to him. And he was so insightful, so articulate about the position and about his mindset. It was just, it was incredible. Uh, I, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. So without uh, any any other delay, let's go ahead and get into this interview with Ravens right tackle Orlando Brown Jr. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline also has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Just visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, everybody. I'm here with Baltimore Ravens right tackle Orlando Brown Jr. I'm really excited to talk to him about offensive line play. Uh, Orlando, we were just talking, but uh, how, how's everything going and you know, leading up to this unique season that we're hopefully going to have? Oh, man, everything's been going a lot differently than it has been in the past, man. But, uh, gosh, you know, I've been, I've enjoyed the, I guess, peace of mind that it's brought, you know, with just training and, and being able to, you know, really just, just tune in and focus on my craft, man, more than ever, um, just because of the amount of time that I've had on my own at home. And, uh, you know, man, like I said, it's been different, but uh, it's something that I've definitely enjoyed. I'm going to get back to ball, though, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. Um, so what you said there about just refining your craft and, and getting better at home and things like that, like what does that look like for you and, and how are you doing that? I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, a lot of people that, that know me and know my game know that I work with Jamal Brown. And, uh, you know, he's somebody that, 
played in the NFL, man, played at Oklahoma, uh, was very successful in college, very successful in the NFL, you know, as an all pro and, and three time pro bowler, man. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of drills, a lot of things that I'm doing with him are, you know, pretty much what's been getting me ready uh, for the season. And that consists of, you know, all different type of body movements, all of those different things, but most importantly, making sure that I come back in the best football shape that I, that I can come in, man. And, uh, you know, just working with him on him leaning on me, me moving a body, you know what I mean? He's a 305 pound man. So shit, man, it's not, <laughs> it's not super easy to yeah. sit there and do that for, you know, the, like plays, you know, rep after rep after rep after rep while, you know, he's leaning on me. I'm moving laterally and during, in between time, rest times. And, and so, man, just making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm coming back in the best football shape that I can be in. Cause you know, like everyone knows, man, offensive line work is, it's all about the shapeness of being in O-line shape is all about being able to comfortably move that body across from you and could being able to do it consistently as often, as much as you can to the best of your ability, as consistent as you can with your technique and fundamentals. So, man, that's really just been the focus uh, here over the last month of just making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm moving a body, moving body weight. I'm focusing on my craft with my fundamentals, you know, obviously footwork, hands, timing, uh, hand placement, all of those different things, while also hitting and driving the bag. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, with, with you and the player that you are, just in, in what I've seen of you and, you know, going back to Oklahoma, I think there's a mis, you know, misconception uh, with how you play the game. And I think it's because of, you know, your size and, you know, you just being one of the bigger guys in the NFL. I think people tend to think that, you win purely with that. And I know that helps, you know, your size and your length, but I think there's a lot of nuance to your game that a lot of people don't get to see unless they watch it really closely. Um, can you, I mean, and you've already touched on kind of how, how you see the game already, um, which is really cool, but um, something that you talked about in an interview, and this is something I have tried to talk about as well is, you know, people write off offensive linemen because of a, a lack of athleticism, but, you know, when you watch the film and you see, you know, I think you're quoted as saying how, watch how a guy manipulates his blocks based off of the tools that he has. Can you just expand upon that a little bit more and talk about that? Yeah, of course, man. So, uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't necessarily stem from me. Uh, you know, it stems from obviously working with Jamal Brown, working with Coach Beatenboy at Oklahoma. Um, you know, those are two guys that have really helped me grow as a, as a person too, but as a player. And, uh, you know, the thing that I learned and took from both of them, obviously dealing with so much time with both of them, was how to manipulate your blocks based off your tool set, whether that be size, whether that be athleticism, whether whether that be length, you know what I mean, whether that be power, whatever it is. And uh, for me personally, man, where I've, you know, learned a little bit over time, and I've still got a long way to go, man, I don't have all the answers, you know, I want to say that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, man, what I've learned over time, is that I'm a long I'm a long arm guy I'm a long leg guy I got a really good punch I'm not the most athletic so I don't necessarily like to play in a super athletic position Ronnie's a guy Lane Johnson's a guy I think of that when they set at times they like to set back and get to a spot that that's not necessarily my game now I can do that you know as a change up every now and again to to throw a curveball at a guy but my game is going to be making sure that I figure out a way to make this man across from me rush a full body. And at times, you know, I get beat. It happens. At times, you know, I win a, win a block. And, uh, 
man, it's just it's just important for offensive linemen, especially young offensive linemen, to understand that what what basically comes with that understanding my fundamentals and under understanding my length, my strengths, my weaknesses. From there, I go in to study my opponent and understand their strengths and weaknesses. And I would say that that in some way uh, has created um, a comfortability for me in offensive line, specifically pass pro, the understanding of what the rush is going to be. And, you know, I think that's something that gets overlooked so often in coaching offensive line is the understanding of, especially in NFL level, level, the understanding of what the guy across from you is doing. You know, I can tell you that, hey, when I get in my third kick against certain guys, I see their shoulders turn at me. I'm very confident that that guy's going to be bull rushing me. So I understand from within those milliseconds, okay, this is how I'm going to attack this. This is how I'm going to position this. And this is most likely where his counter is going to be. You know what I mean? And and I've been fortunate enough, man, to be around guys like Jamal, be around guys like Coach Beatenbow, and then on top of that, you add in the Marshall Yondo on this level, Ronnie Stanley on this level, uh, even Jody working with him, man. So, uh, man, it's I've, I've been fortunate to be around a good, a, a lot of great offensive line minds. And, uh, man, it's just allowed me to understand, I guess you could say, the big picture of things and understand that the position is more of a feel and reaction, you know, than it is a computer chip. Yeah, that's that's really well said. Uh, there, there's a few way, few different directions we can go there, but something you said that is interesting to me is you want you, your goal is to get every rush or every rusher into a full body relationship with you. Uh, yes. So, yep. you, do you basically mean squared up with you so you can kind of dictate the terms a little bit more because of, and, and kind of utilize your strengths, right? Your size, your length, and your power yep. at that point. Exactly. 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 So, you know, with with me being someone that's not super athletic, I don't like someone on my edge, you know, and no offensive lineman. I don't care if you run a four seven, no offensive lineman, like somebody on their edge. Right. And, you know, man, through 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 the techniques that I've learned from all of those people that I've mentioned, uh, you know, and I, like I said, man, I'm still learning, but I've got a lot more comfortable in the comfortability of staying square, the comfortability of setting someone you know not just getting back to the spot but just setting setting their alignment and setting with them you know because a lot of defense alignment the way that they teach it and and a lot of a lot of guys that you play they're taught to rush half a man from day one and if you can give them the uncomfortability like a david bakhtiari naturally does it of taking away a man's full a man's defense alignment's half a body leverage and force them to rush you full body, you're going to deal with a lot more power, a lot more inside moves, a lot more stutter outside, stutter inside. So it limits a lot of different things because when a defense alignment has your outside edge, in my opinion, man, he's got, you know, people would say a two-way go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When a guy's got that half a man leverage on you and you're setting him upfield, he's going to have that ability to possibly get a rip in, spin inside. When he has a full body leverage, it, it you know, and my long arms, it's a smaller, you know, he's, he's going to have to do moves in a telephone booth. You know what I mean? Whether that be uh, a quick ghost technique, you know, he's going to have to do that in a telephone booth and hope that, you know, I don't get my hands on him because it, it takes a very special athlete, man, to, to be able to counteract, you know, the, the way that I play on a lot of different things. Like I said, man, I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. You know, I got a lot of techniques and different things that I'm working on now for this upcoming season uh, to help, you know, change my game a little bit more and form it all together. But 
uh, man, it's just something, like I said, taking, learning that, you know, understanding that, okay, this defensive lineman across from me, he wants to work half a man. He wants to get half a man leverage. I may give him that a little bit early on in the set, but understanding that as it gets going, as we get into that second, that third, that fourth, now he realizes, oh, shit, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm right in front of this guy, you know, and from there, like a bigger guy, you see Trent Brown having to deal with it a lot too. A lot of people from there, they try to get your feet to stop, you know, whether that be stutter bull, stutter inside, you know, stutter outside. Yeah. 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 I was, uh, I was going to ask you uh, who you maybe draw some inspiration from on tape and, you know, Trent Brown obviously comes to mind and uh, is there anybody else? And, you know, maybe you can just expand a little bit on what you see with Trent Brown that you can kind of take from his game or if there's any other guys that, you know, over the years or whatever that you have kind of looked at on tape to kind of pick up some things from? Yeah. Um, you know, man, Trent Brown was definitely uh, somebody I've always studied uh, throughout my career, obviously with the, with the comparisons and, and the similar relationship size there. Uh, you know, man, he's a very big man. He's a lot, he's way more athletic than me and more powerful, but uh, you know, man, just his, the way that he throws his body around in the run game, uh, you know, I've, I've surely but surely, gain the confidence to, to do that over time, um, you know, especially on those down blocks, man. I mean, he's incredible what he can do to a three technique or a four high, um, yeah. you know, uh, all of those different things. In the past game, man, he's got such a different game. You know, I, I've i tried manipulating it or, or, or replicating it a little bit, man, but it, it's still difficult for me. You know, we're, we're similar in size, man. I, I would compare it to, you know, it's like, uh, gosh, man, I, I want to say like a like, I don't know who's an unorthodox corner, man, but, you know, I guess <laughs> the way that he plays is, is just like, it's very DB-like, man, and, yeah. and it's hard. It's really, really hard for D-Lyman to beat that, you know, because he doesn't give anyone a half a man leverage, like, ever. You know what I mean? If he does, he's taking your ass for around the hoop all the way to the left tackle. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. uh, man, he's, he's, he's just, he's really good at what he does, but I love, I've always watched this game. Uh, another guy I, I watched a lot, Andrew Whitworth, is another guy, man, that, that uh, especially in college and, and now I watch a lot of his game because we're similar in height. And, you know, he's somebody that, you know, I feel like, man, he's always plays within his hips. He's always got a solid base. He always has his balance. And so I remember my rookie year, I was able to talk to him a little bit about those things. And, you know, the way that he held his hands, he holds his hands so low in pass pro, you know, man, that's something I always replicated because I felt like it gave me balance. And I wasn't sure if that's why he was holding his hands low, you know, but when I was able to talk to him, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I'll keep my hands low because it helps with my balance. And, you know, if your hand, you're going to get a punch, you're going to get a punch. You know, if not, you're not going to get it. So, you know, man, that was the main thing for me to where, you know, I, I felt a lot, uh, a lot more comfortable, you know, after I spoke to him about the techniques and things that he used. So, uh Man, who else? Um, yeah, obviously, like I said, TV, Whitworth. Um, gosh, Keith Dunlap was another guy, man. I, I watched a lot of his wow, film yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, man, I, I really I really like the way that he played. Um, Greg Robinson film early on, uh, probably his first year, second year in the league. I, I liked a lot of his stuff, you know, when he was in there. Um, man, you know, he was just very physical, uh, played tackle like a guard. And, and you know, I, I like that type of stuff, man, because that's how you, you know, that's how you develop. Um Gosh, I'm trying to think of some other guys that I paid attention to as well. You ever watch um, any uh, Parnell? You know, yes, yes, okay. yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Parnell. Yeah, yeah. He yeah man, I, I like his game a lot. 
Yeah, he comes to mind uh, just for a guy. He's about six seven, um, and yep. I mean the thing about him, like he has a game against JJ Watt a couple years ago where he was just two hands striking him right in the chest, and I mean it was catching Watt off guard like crazy. And you don't see too many guys doing that, uh, you know, at a high level. So he 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 had a couple good years there where it's you know worthwhile study. And I think it was like two thousand sixteen seventeen somewhere around there. But yep. yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yep mind um yeah so i guess the you know the the next thing is man there's there's so many places we could go uh one thing i did want to ask you about just to talk a little bit about is uh marshall yonda and just playing alongside him and just how much that helped you you know coming into the league getting to play alongside of one of the best ever do it um you know what was what was that like for you and you know how much how, how did that help you yeah, man. Uh, you know, just meeting Marshall, man, and and you know, I remember uh, the day after I got drafted, I was able to get on the phone with him and and talk to him, uh, you know, over phone call, man, just about you know coming in as a rookie and everything like that. And uh, man, he's somebody that I've always paid attention to. I know I didn't mention him at all, but you know, just growing up in the facility in Baltimore, man, he was somebody like my dad respected. You know what I mean? And so, uh, man, it was only natural that. You know, he's, I mean, he can do it all, man. And uh, what he was able to do for me uh, as a a person, more so than a player, I think is what kind of helped, you know, shape me into, you know, what I'm becoming, man. And and that's, you know, like all of the teachers that I've had in in my career, the guys that I named, understanding that it's a lifestyle. And uh, that was the biggest thing that I took from Marshall, man, that, you know, the, it's a lifestyle. You know, if you want to be a great offensive lineman, it starts with your approach at home. It starts with your approach, you know, in everyday life, um, whether that be um, working out, being a dad, being a, a husband, being a brother, you know, doing everything that you can do to a Hall of Fame level. And, uh, man, just just I, I have so much respect for him and everything that he taught me, man. It's, it's you know, I could go on for days, man, of everything that I've learned from him. Uh, it was just so beneficial for me. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, um, I've heard just so many stories like that about him. It's it's really cool that you got to be a part of that and uh, just kind of, yeah. you know, have him as a teammate like that and play alongside him. That's awesome. And, um, you know, just kind of one of the things that I appreciated about you guys on film is the way you guys would handle, you know, pass rush games and stunts and stuff to your side and just like, I can only imagine, you know, playing tackle and having somebody like that to the inside of you who you know, for, for as technically sound as, as Yonda was, I mean, he was an absolute animal on the field in terms of like his competitive toughness and the way that he would provide help to you, you know, and just like, you know, basically just take a guy's face off, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that type of stuff there, I can only imagine like how much fun that was for you guys. Oh yeah, man. It was a blast. Uh, you know, and, and I would say, you know, just like every, you know, guard and tackle combination, man, it doesn't matter what level you're on. I think the most important thing is communication. And that's going into the game. That's in the heat of battle. That's on the sidelines as, as the game goes on. You know, man, we were just always – we always had a great uh, level of communication, man, to where, you know, I could tell him, hey, bro, listen, he hasn't spun inside yet. It's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming soon. If you see it, take his head off. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah, there, there, was a, there was a game versus Pittsburgh, man. I remember uh, TJ got a field. <laughs> shit, he hit me with a damn bull spin, and Marshall was right there, you know. But the understanding of that, 
you know, with the communication of the feel of the game and the way things are going and, you know, me and him watching film together and feeling things out at practice, I'm able to say, hey, bro, listen, it's coming soon. I don't know when it's coming. And, you know, he was always there. He was always there, man. And and on a lot of those twists, you know, we, we worked together over time. We developed the chemistry to where I understood that, okay, in this alignment, he's taking this set. You know what I mean? Okay, in this alignment, he's taking this set. Okay, we got linebacker up, three technique, five technique. Okay, he's going to take this set. So I understood, you know, where my help would be if I were to get beat. And, man, I always just tried to play towards my help, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. Um, yeah, that, that Watt clip, I, I made sure to post that one when it happened. Like, when you stumble across stuff like oh, yeah. film, I mean, it's so exciting because it just, it's it's beautiful, oh, yeah. you know? It's just, like, it's incredible. Exactly. But, um, but, yeah, so the, the last thing that I wanted to ask you about, you know, obviously the thing about your game to me that stood out first when I watched you at Oklahoma is what I call competitive toughness, just that desire to bury your opponent on every snap. I mean, that obviously is something for offensive line play that is very, you know, it's something that everybody wants to see that's evaluating the position. And that's something that you had in spades when I watched you. Um, like, where, where did that come from for you? And, and, and kind of how much do you rely on that, you know, over, you know, the course of the game in a season? Yeah, man, I rely on that a ton, man. Uh, you know, it's, it's what makes me who I am and, and makes me as a player. Uh, you know, it's something that I learned early, very early on from my dad when I started playing the game in seventh eighth grade, man. Uh, you know, just, you know, he would literally leave my games if I wasn't getting unnecessary roughness or personal fouls, man. So, you know, it was a toughness and, and, a, and a competitiveness that I learned very early on about playing the game of ball is that, you know, man, if I'm going to be out here competing, uh, I'm already a limited athlete, <laughs> like I said before. Uh, you know, I got my fundamentals, man, but at the end of the day, uh, it's my will versus yours. And, you know, I think every time that I take the field, you know, man, I, I've I've gradually learned to be more consistent in my approach with that. And, uh, man, I just – I fell in love with, you know, the, the competitiveness of sports and football specifically, man, just the understanding that, Teron Armstead isn't going to respect my game just because I'm a first-round pick or sec or third, whatever it is, just because I'm a starter. He's going to respect my play because my strikes are earned through going against great players, playing great against great players, being physical against great players. And, uh, man, you know, that's, that's probably, man, one of my favorite parts of the ball is that every year, every season, every game, it's not about what you did the week before or the year before or the game before is literally about strictly earning your stripes for that day. And, you know, over time, obviously, you look at certain guys. I can, you know, Trent Williams, he's earned his stripes. People see him line up on a Sunday. There is no – I don't care who that man is across from him. There is a line of respect to where they look at him, although whatever, you know, competitiveness, we respect him, whatever it is, they look at him and there is a understanding that, okay, this man is one of the greats. You know what I mean? He's great at what he does. Same thing with Marshall Yonder. He earned his stripes, you know, over time and all of those different things. And some guys takes a year, Quentin Nelson, you know what I mean? Other mm -hmm. guys, Donald Penn, you know, it may take six or seven. And, you know, man, I like, that's what I fell in love with, man. It's just the competitiveness of earning your stripes, man. And at, with offensive line play, especially at the NFL level. Yeah, man, that's, that's just so well said. Uh, again, I, Man, I just I appreciate um, 
your, your time with this. I don't want to keep you any longer, but yeah, just, you know, I hope you stay safe the rest of this off season. And I can't wait to watch you and Ronnie and the whole offensive line play in, in 2020, man. So best of luck. Oh, uh, no doubt, man. I appreciate you, man, and everything you do and represent for offensive line. You know, I'm sure I can speak for a lot of people, man. We appreciate what you're doing, shining light on the on the positive things. You know, there's a lot of people out there posting sack tapes, but not a lot of people people uh, posting offensive linemen locking guys up, man. So, you know, I just want to say, man, I appreciate everything you do and what you represent. You know, and just keep on doing what you're doing with your content, man. You're killing it. All right, man. I appreciate that. Okay. All right. No problem, Brandon. Thank you so much, man. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.